Clancy paused to present. I deliver pizzas. I just made the strangest delivery of my life. Written by A.S. Lowe and narrated by Clancy. It's not a glamorous job by any stretch of the imagination, but it pays the bills and I get to come home with some amount of cash every day. For a 25-year-old college student, that's about the best you can get when it comes to unskilled work. And as long as you can avoid the elderly drivers and manage to not smoke too much pot during your shift, it's a pretty typical job. At least, that's what I thought before Monday. The day had gone normally enough before 3.30pm. Mondays are usually a slow day and don't pick up until around 3 when the second driver comes in. Being the morning driver, I was the first one up for a delivery when the next one finally arrived. So I was pretty excited when I heard the ding come from the computer, notifying the insider that an online order had popped up. Sam, looks like we got an order finally, I said, while looking at Facebook for the 15th time today. It had not been very busy. Sam, the opening manager, looked up from his seat at the screen containing the new order. Um, he stared at the screen with worry. I looked up at the screen myself when I saw the look on his face. On the computer screen, just before it shows the order to be made, the customers can leave a note for us to read about the order. Whenever you type a note like draw a dragon on the box or cut into squares, that's where we end up seeing it first. This note, however, read something really strange. 195876 East Cicero Street It wasn't unusual for people to write their address in the notes section redundantly. What made this unusual, though, was the house number that was written. Our delivery area only stretched between 400 and 2,600 house numbers. If I was reading the number correctly, then that would put this address on 195th Street? Is there even a 195th street in this town? Sam kept staring at the screen hanging above the make table, not getting up. Is John here yet? I looked at the clock on my phone. 2.56pm. He should be here in just a minute. Why? Sam sighed and got up to go to the make table. Talk to him when he gets here about this order. I followed him over to the make table. What the hell is up with this order? I saw him pull a large pizza dough out of the cooler next to the make table and begin making the pizza that was on the screen. I was never a driver, so I don't really know anything about this. Talk to John when he gets here. He's taken this order a couple of times. Before I could yell at him for being so unnecessarily cryptic, I heard the bell for the driver door go off. Howdy ho, motherfuckers! John yelled his usual greeting as he stepped inside the store. Hey John, Sam said while making the pizza. New guy's taking the Cicero order. John's usual smile dropped from his face. Oh shit. Sam added the banana peppers to the already littered pizza that at this point had gotten a heaping of olives, sausage, pepperoni, and the dreaded pineapple. Think you can coach him through it? John walked around the cooler next to the driver entrance and looked at the dispatch screen. I could see, much like the note at the make table, 
The address on the dispatch screen also showed 195876 Cicero Street as the address. I'm going to need an early cigarette break, John said while looking at the screen. Sam huffed. You literally just got here. Yeah, and I'm going to need a cigarette break with Martin here. Seriously, guys. Just, what in the hell is going on? I said. I was being completely ignored, despite the fact that they were talking about my delivery, that I was going to be making in less than 15 minutes. Fine, but make it quick, Sam said as he loaded the large pizza into the oven. John smirked and waved his hand, beckoning me as he stepped outside of the driver door he had just entered. Seeing as John was going to be the only answers to just what was going on, I stepped outside and followed him. He already had an unfiltered Pall Mall lit when I stepped outside. That was fucking quick, I said, after the driver door shut behind me. The smile that had fallen off of his face earlier was back. Hey, if you're getting paid to smoke. I pulled my own pack out of my pocket and lit a sweet, sweet menthol. Now what in the hell is going on with that order? We only deliver up to Greenfield. That's 2600, right? But we deliver to Cicero, right? Cicero is an east-west street that stretched the neighborhoods from 1400 to 2600. Yeah, and that one is for 195876. Even if that address exists, then it's not in our area. Unless I'm missing something? John puffed out a thick cloud of smoke. It does exist. You just have to get there in a roundabout way. Stop being obnoxious, John, and just explain yourself. Oh, you're no fun. John puffed on the cigarette. You've delivered to Cicero, right? Yeah, it's in that 55-plus community, right? Yep. You ever notice that weird sign on the corner property there? I thought back to every time I delivered down there, and came up with the sign he was talking about. You mean the one that says, no exit, and looks like it was painted by a child? He laughed. Exactly. Yeah, I always thought that was weird. It faces that little side street that goes along the main street. And that little street ends just two houses down from the sign at a dead end, John added. And? I added to John's addendum. What does that have to do with this delivery? John took the half-done, filterless Pall Mall out of his mouth and looked at it. Everything. He didn't continue, but just stuck the cigarette back in his mouth. I almost yelled at him, but decided a softer tone would be more appropriate when I saw the worried look on his face. John? How much gas do you have? He asked suddenly as he puffed the last of his cigarette. I coughed my last inhale out, not expecting the question. What? Do you have at least half a tank? I thought about it for a second. A little over. Good. If you go down Cicero Street like you would any other delivery, you aren't going to find it. The only way to get there is go down that little side street, do a U-turn at the dead end, and take a right when you see the no exit sign down Cicero. And before you say it, yes, I know that doesn't make any sense, but 
I promise you won't find it unless you do. Okay. I finally got what was going on. This is a hazing thing, right? I'm going to do what you say, you're going to make me look like an idiot, and when I can't find the place, you're going to laugh at me when I drive back to the store with that disgusting-looking pizza. He laughed. I thought that when I tried to make that delivery the first time. I didn't make that U-turn. And just what makes me think I should believe you about any of this? If you're done with that cigarette... He pointed at my hand, where the last of the cigarette burned near the filter. I can prove it to you. I took the last puff, threw the cigarette into the ashtray next to the driver door, and followed him inside to the dispatch screen. Sam was already at the cut table, slicing the pizza up and packing it. John poked at the dispatch screen until it showed that I was about to be dispatched on the delivery to 195-876 Cicero Street. I thought you said yesterday that you couldn't dispatch anyone else. He seemed unperturbed by my accusation and clicked the confirm button. Two copies of a receipt, one merchant receipt the customer signs for us, and one for them, printed out. One of the neater things our company has done recently is allow anyone who orders online to pre-tip the delivery driver before we even leave the store. John complained about it a lot, but I thought it was pretty neat. Mostly because I knew it told them what a 10%, 15%, and 20% tip actually were. John picked up the printed receipts and showed them to me. In the section where you would find the pre-tip, I saw something that made me think that, no, this is definitely not a hazing ritual. The order was pre-tipped for $150. No fucking way. I said in disbelief. You are a lucky motherfucker. Honestly wish I was the one going on this despite all of the... The what? I said as I took the receipts from his hand and turned to grab the order. Sam had just placed it into a bag on the rack of bags behind us. Nothing. You'll be fine as long as you follow the guidelines. I turned around and looked at him quizzically. After you get past 26th Street, things start getting weird. You need to make sure you do three things while you're on the delivery. First, don't listen to the radio. It's not a hard and fast rule, but it makes the run a lot easier if you don't. I scoffed. Who listens to the radio anymore? He smiled. Okay, second, always follow the posted speed limit. And I don't mean that in a, I'll drive two or three over and be okay. Don't fucking do it. I grabbed the bag and put all of the receipts in the clear front pocket. And third? He sighed. Don't stop for any reason until you get to 195-876 East Cicero. No matter what you see, don't stop. I stood in silence, contemplating the delivery. It almost sounded like a joke, a haze. But that $150 tip was already paid for. If I made this run, I could pay my phone bill for the month with just this one delivery. John smiled. If you don't want it, I'll take it. I got bills of my own, you know. You know the rules, John. 
They grabbed the bag from the rack. First up, first out. He smiled at me. Of course. I smiled back at him and stepped out of the store. As I put the bag in my car and started the engine to my 1998 Nissan Maxima, I heard my phone make the noise saying I'd gotten a text message. I took the phone out of my pocket and looked at the message. It was from John. Don't stop for any reason. I looked at the address on the receipt and back at the phone. I sighed, plugged the aux cable into my phone, and blasted some music before pulling out of the parking lot and toward Cicero Street. Nothing of importance happened until I reached Cicero and turned down it towards my destination. I could see the end of the street just a block down before I recalled what John said about the U-turn. I turned around in annoyance to the little street that ran parallel to the major one. I turned down it, made the required U-turn, and drove the 100 feet back until I saw the sign sitting on the corner property. Just like I remembered, the sign looked out of place. It sat on the corner of the rock-filled lawn of the corner house and had no exit written in big white letters. The bottom of the letters ran like the child that wrote it and used too much paint. Here goes nothing, I said, as I took a right and down Cicero Street. Unlike the first time down the street, I couldn't see the end of the road where it was supposed to. What the fuck? I drove down the street slowly, looking at the addresses on the various houses as I passed them. 2156, 2202, 2546, 2632. I turned my head and looked at the last house I saw the numbers for. Our delivery area ended at 2600. Greenfield should have cut through the middle of the street as I passed between 2546 East Cicero and 2632 East Cicero. I looked down the street past 2632. Past that house, there was only an asphalt road surrounded by a sidewalk that stretched into the distance too far to see. Where you would expect houses in a densely packed neighborhood, there was only dirt lots that stretched into the distance too far to see. I stopped at a stop sign. Above the stop sign read a street sign that said, 26th Street. I looked to my right. The house clearly read 2632 East Cicero. Weird is right, John. Weird is right. I looked past the stop sign at the large stretch of impossible road that led off into the distance. I looked at the receipt attached to the pizza bag that read $150 in the tip section. But $150 is $150. I pushed the gas pedal and drove down the empty street. Part 2 After the stop sign at the normally non-existent 26th Street, the road stretched as far as I could see, surrounded by plain dirt plots and absolutely nothing else. It's pretty desolate, isn't it? John said from the back seat. Yeah. Didn't you say it would get weird after 26th Street? What were you expecting? Dancing bears? A pack of Mormons chasing you down? Why Mormons? Wait a minute. 
I took a quick glance in my rearview mirror. My back seat was completely empty. Empty because John wasn't in the car with me. Even when I tried acid that one time, I'd never actually hallucinated another person. Okay, weird. Got it, I said to myself. Wait a minute. My ruminations were interrupted by the sudden appearance of a white sign on the side of the road. Speed limit, 45. I looked down at my speedometer and saw it wavering between 40 and 45. Speed limit. Okay, got it. The music from the stereo cut out suddenly. I took a quick look at my phone, which had previously been playing my Spotify playlist, to find the entire front of the screen filled with solid white bar notifications. Each one read no service. Motherfucker. I picked up the phone from the center console, making sure to only take quick peeks at it. As I caught a quick glimpse, another notification popped up, adding to the already crowded front screen. I tried swiping each one to the side to clear it, but every time I did, another one popped up to replace it. Well, fuck. What the hell am I going to listen to now? No one responded. Because, I reminded myself, I was alone in the car. Speaking of John, didn't he say something about not listening to the radio? He said I shouldn't listen to the radio, not that I couldn't. Why was I trusting John so much anyway? He was kind of an asshole. Fuck it. I pressed the console button to turn on the radio. The station was in the middle of playing Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Sounds like the only rock station left in the city hadn't sold itself out yet. Good thing, too, since my phone had apparently decided to commit software suicide. Hopefully the damn thing wasn't broken, and it was just whatever weirdness John described messing with it. I saw a bright blue and red flashing light in the rearview mirror. Cop lights. I looked at my speedometer. 47. Fuck, really? I yelled to no one in particular while I turned my right blinker on, indicating to the cop that I wasn't going to try and outrun him. Apparently, John wasn't kidding about going over the speed limit. I remembered the last thing John said just as I started to pull over next to the sidewalk, specifically the text he had sent just before I pulled out of the parking lot. Don't stop for any reason. I looked in the rearview mirror again. No flashing lights, no black and white cop car. Absolutely nothing was behind me. Just before the last of my brakes took effect and stopped me completely, I took my foot off of them and pressed on the gas. No cop car followed me as I sped back up to an even 40. Fuck this noise. Fuck this place. Fuck this delivery. 150 bucks isn't worth going insane. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I turned my head around to get a good look behind me. Whatever portion of the street I had entered in was far enough back that I could no longer see it. Just as, in front of me, the road stretched back with only dirt plots behind me. I could have sworn I'd been on this road for a couple of minutes. I should have at least seen a house back there or something. Well, shit. 
Considering all of the stuff that's already happened, it probably wasn't a good idea to turn around. The hallucination of John in the car with me. The cop car that appeared the second I went over the speed limit. And now the path behind looking the same as what was ahead of me. At this point, it was probably better to follow the advice I'd already been given and just keep going on to my destination. Hey, if John could make this delivery, it couldn't get much worse than what I'd already experienced. So I drove along the lonely road. For a glorious ten minutes, nothing happened. There weren't even any speed limit signs to keep me company as I saw endless stretches of dirt road. At the ten minute mark, however, is when I noticed something odd about the radio. It had cycled through a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. It was in the middle of a Jimmy Eat World song when I realized it. There hadn't been a single interruption in the songs. No radio announcements about what station I was listening to. No commercials. No annoying DJ with the traffic update for the metro area. Somehow, this disturbed me more than anything else that had happened so far. When was the last time you listened to the radio and they managed to play a string of songs for longer than 10 minutes without a single interruption? Looks like you found me out, buddy. The song cut out as soon as I had this thought. Oh fuck, I'm hallucinating again. I said to the radio, because there wasn't anything else to do. Not this time, the radio said back. Well, if you aren't a hallucination, could you just play some music? The voice on the radio sighed. I get so lonely, though. Well, if you're so lonely, why didn't you just talk to me earlier? Would you have responded? Or just freaked out and crashed your car? I thought about it for a second. The voice had a point. Okay. Well, if you aren't going to play any music, then just tell me who the hell you are. The voice paused for a moment before answering. I'm not sure. Great. Even my hallucinations are being cryptic. I told you, I'm not a hallucination. What else could you be? I said to the radio, like it was a completely normal thing to do. Besides one. Like I said, I don't know. Last thing I remember before being here was... Trying to turn around? Turn around? Like you were driving? Yeah, I was driving a car. I got stuck going down this weird road and I stopped to turn around and... Well, I'm here now. What's your name? Whatever this voice was, hallucination or not... I decided it was too nosy, and turned off my radio. Unlike my phone, which still showed a screen full of no service notifications last time I checked, the radio decided to cooperate, and turned off like I wanted it to. I was celebrating the victory over the radio, trying to confuse me, when I saw the child in the road. Shit! I swerved around the child standing in the middle of the road, staring at me just in time to prevent vehicular manslaughter, and went to the other side of the road. I looked in the rearview mirror as I drove away. The little bastard was flipping me off. I would have returned the favor if I didn't notice it. 
the child only had three fingers. I didn't have much time to think about this because as I turned around to look at the road in front of me, the scenery changed instantly. Instead of the plain dirt on each side of the road, I was now surrounded by Christmas trees. And I don't mean plain evergreen trees. I mean fully decorated and lit up Christmas trees. Each one looked like it was decorated with individual ornaments and patterns of light. It actually looked kind of pretty, the way they were lit up in the darkness. Darkness. I looked out the window to confirm that, yes, the sun was no longer visible in the sky, and the moon floated in a crescent. It had been about 3 p.m. when I left the store. I looked down at my gas gauge. It hung between halfway and a quarter full. That gas gauge comment makes a whole lot more sense now, I said, to hopefully no one. And thankfully, no one answered. I looked out the window again to catch a glimpse of the lit up Christmas trees, which unfortunately didn't stay lit for long as every single light on the trees went out all at once. I was left in complete darkness with only the moon to keep me company. I sighed for what felt like the millionth time in the 20 minutes I'd been on the road and turned my headlights on. The light from my headlights twinkled off of the various ornaments on the Christmas tree as I drove down the road. I wonder, another fucking one? I saw a yellow caution sign approaching on my right. When I was finally close enough to see, it made even less sense than the Christmas trees. Where you would expect the little stick man or an outline of a deer, it showed a picture of a squid with all eight tentacles supporting its body in a facsimile of movement. The sign, however, made sense when just 50 feet after the sign, I saw a full-sized Humboldt squid lumbering across the road. It wasn't directly in front of me, thank God. It was walking into the Christmas tree line. I saw it turn its head and look at me as I passed. Okay, you can stop one-upping yourself, whatever the fuck is doing this. I get it. This is a weird place. That's when the Christmas trees ended, and I saw the red pools of magma. Part 3 Honest to God, magma. Something I'd only ever seen on Discovery Channel documentaries about volcanoes exploding. And that glowing red death was less than 10 feet from the edge of the sidewalk, which surprised me because even though I could see the heat distortion coming off of the magma, the sidewalk that surrounded the road looked like it was completely unaffected. I reached down and turned on the AC, an unspeakable thing considering the fact that it was January, but it did make me feel a bit better. This place is really weird. I looked down. The radio had turned on somehow. Whether I'd accidentally bumped it when turning on the AC, or whether it did it on its own, it didn't matter at this point. Says the voice trapped inside the radio of a 98 Maxima, I said to the voice. At this point, I could use the stimulation as I'd gone without music for almost this entire trip. A Maxima? Man, why couldn't I be trapped in something nicer? Release newer. 
You are really goddamn picky for a disembodied voice, they said. They looked outside at the pits of magma that extended beyond the sidewalk as they bubbled and boiled. Can you see anything in there? In where? The voice asked, then continued when it realized it answered its own question. Well, shit. I don't remember being this dumb when I wasn't a ghost in a machine. What exactly do you remember before getting stuck here? The voice stayed silent for a second. Voice? Sorry. Just trying to think. My name's Tim, by the way. Very nice to meet you, Tim, I responded. My name's Martin. Likewise. Now, do you remember anything besides your name, Tim? Not really. I remember being in a nicer car than your junk heap. Okay. Tim was getting annoying again, so I reached towards the power button to turn the radio off again. Before I could, however, he said... Please don't. It's really lonely out here. I paused my finger over the power button. How did you know what I was going to do? I'm not sure. I just felt annoyance and something like wanting me to go away. I knew I didn't want to go away, so I thought it was coming from you, since, you know, you're the only other person here. I thought for a second. So you don't know about any of the weird shit going on here? You can't see the pools of lava on the side of the road. Or the Christmas tree forest. The squid crossing? You're fucking with me, right? None of that stuff is real, unless you drove through a Christmas tree farm at the bottom of the ocean. And a volcano. Okay. Apparently I'm not a comedian. I laughed at his awkwardness. No kidding. You don't remember anything besides stopping on the road here? And that my name is Tim. And that your name is Tim, I responded. Well, I remember something else, too. I waited in silence for a moment. Then another. Well, I asked. I think I had a nicer car than a 98 Maxima. I sighed. Before I could admonish him for his rudeness, I saw something ahead in the road. Are those construction cones? Don't ask me. I wasn't. It was a rhetorical question, I said. Another ten seconds, and I could see in fact that yes, there were in fact construction cones blocking off almost all of the road. The lit up cones left just enough room for a car to move slowly through the winding orange lights. Where the cones began was a yellow sign that read, Speed Limit 15, and Caution. You sure you don't know anything about what's going on, Tim? Anything that would be helpful right now is I have no idea what the fuck is going on. You and me both, buddy. I slowed down, making sure to leave a bit of room on the speedometer below 15 as I entered the winding path of construction cones and their corresponding flashing lights. I caught a glimpse of the gas gauge when I did, 
and saw that I was just a hair over a quarter of a tank. Man, I really hope the trip back doesn't take as long as the trip here. I didn't expect him to respond, but being a disembodied voice apparently made you a bit of a chatterbox. None of this place makes sense, so I wouldn't be surprised. You aren't being much... Oh god damn it. Really? The construction cone stopped being a winding path and settled on the left side of the road, forcing me into what would normally be oncoming traffic. Thankfully though, there was another full-sized Humboldt squid standing next to the cones, holding one of those construction signs that you could flip between stop and slow. And this one was showing slow. The Humboldt waved one of its free tentacles and motioned me to move through the small passage. I thought you said I was the only one here. You are, from what I can tell. Although I'm sensing a bit of... confusion? Is that right? I looked at the Humboldt as I passed it. Its large eyes looked directly at me as I passed. Confusion would be the right word. I took another quick look behind me as I moved forward to take another look at the cephalopod. There was something odd about its large head that I couldn't place. Martin? No fucking way. It's wearing a construction hat. The goddamn squid is wearing a construction hat on top of its ridiculously large head. Did you say squid? Tim asked from the radio speakers. I didn't respond and turned forward to see where I was driving. I could see the end of the construction zones and a speed limit sign that said 45, another 50 feet ahead. Oh, thank God. I felt an immediate sense of relief as I passed the last of the construction cones and sped the car back up to a comfortable 40. We passed the construction site, Tim said. Yeah. Wait, I thought you said you couldn't see anything. I can't. You said something about a squid wearing a construction hat, and I just assumed. I looked at the radio. Assumed that we're going through a construction site? Because the squid was wearing a construction hat. You said it yourself. This place is weird. Alright. He had a point. I just thought of something, I said. Yeah? It looked like a construction site, that's for sure, but I didn't actually see any construction going on. Just that one squid holding up a slow sign and directing me through the cones. The radio didn't respond for once, and I didn't bother to continue the conversation. I just looked forward and continued driving down the desolate street. That is, until I finally saw the thing I had been hoping to see since starting this trip into whatever this place was. A street sign. Specifically, it said 195th Street. Yes, it's almost over. This fucking thing is almost over. I looked at the radio, expecting a response from it. Nothing came. Okay then. I said to the emptiness of my car as I passed the street sign. 
Just ahead was a small cul-de-sac with two large black obelisks that towered so high I couldn't see the tops of them. Between the two obelisks was probably the strangest thing I'd seen since entering the place. Somehow, in the midst of the black smoke that sprouted from the ever-present magma that surrounded the road, and the apparently terrestrial squid population, and between two obelisks too large to even contemplate, was a green lawn. Grass. Green grass and a green lawn. A green lawn surrounded by a white picket fence, all in front of the shiniest Airstream trailer I had ever seen. That is... weird? I slowed down and pulled in front of the Immaculate Lawn's fence. I felt like I should be worrying a lot more about stopping, considering the fate of Tim, but this place exuded an aura of calmness that was undeniable. What I didn't notice when I first pulled up was the white plastic chair in the front lawn with the elderly man sitting in it. He picked his head up out of the book he was reading when my brake squealed to a stop. He smiled as he saw me. Excellent, I heard him say from the chair. Been looking forward to this all day. I stepped out of the car and onto the pavement. I was expecting it to be a lot hotter considering the visible lava, but whatever. Hello, sir, I said as I reached inside the car to grab the bag sitting on my front seat. You're new, right? Haven't seen you before. The old man got up from his chair and walked to the gate to meet me. Yeah, Martin. The old man smiled cordially. Tim. I stopped. No, uh, not the same Tim on the radio. I promise it's just a coincidence. I believed him. Of all the goddamn possibilities this place could throw at me, I actually believed him. So I stepped forward and met the old man at the gate. I'm sorry if it's cold, I said, as I pulled the receipt for him to sign out of the front pouch of the pizza bag. Yeah, I'm sorry about the construction on the street. Seems like they'll never finish. The old man took the receipt and my offered pen and signed the receipt on the book he was carrying. The front cover proclaimed it as Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert A. Heinlein. I remember because I found it strange that none of the words on the title were capitalized. Can I ask you something, sir? I said as he signed it and handed it back. Sure, as long as you give me my pizza. The old man smiled as he said. I laughed, opened the pizza bag, and handed the single box to him. Why do you live out here? He laughed. It seemed like his laughter came easy. I know it's a bit out of the way, but I don't get any Mormons knocking on my door. Although the view leaves something to be desired. I turned to look in the direction he was staring unending, bubbling pools of lava as far as the eye could see. Although, he continued, it has its charms. It was pre-tipped, right? You gotta love technology. I nodded and he smiled back at me. He waved as he turned around with his pizza box and went into his Airstream trailer without another word. 
Before he closed the door, he turned and said, I almost forgot. You can take a left turn down at 195th Street to get out of here quicker. He waved again and closed the door. I shook my head and got back into my car. And with nowhere else to turn, I put the car in drive and drove back to the 195th Street sign. I didn't stop as I took a left turn at the sign and I was on Cicero again, taking a left turn at the hand-painted no-exit sign on the corner lot. No more lava, just a bright winter day. I took my phone out of my pocket and looked at the screen. It was working just fine and showing a time of 3.18. If my phone and the sun were to be believed, then I had only been away from the store for about 12 minutes. I looked over in my front seat and saw the empty pizza bag. And nothing else happened. I drove back to the store at 3.24 and clocked out at 3.30. John wasn't there, as he was out on another delivery when I got back, but I didn't really feel much like talking about what happened. I did get my $150 tip, though. Apparently they had already gotten ready for it because they had a Benjamin and a Grant ready for me when I checked out of my receipts. How was it? Sam asked as he handed me my tips for the day. It was weird, I said after a minute. And? He continued, hoping to pry any information out of me. It was weird, and it didn't make any sense. I don't know what else to tell you, I said to him. And, yeah, I don't know how to describe what happened on the trip to anyone. It's been almost a week, and I still don't know what to make of what happened. I can't make any sense of it. Maybe you can.